Yeah, you can start. Good evening. This is Chaim Ravinder. Uh, the parasha is Bahalotcha, and the shear is dedicated by the families of Mrs. Mary Rubach of blessed memory. Uh, the Rubach family in Ephrat is longtime friends and uh, close uh, acquaintances. The topic of the Shir is Pesach Sheni, which is clearly stated and explained in our in our uh, parasha. The parasha starts with the pasuk. We'll start with. Uh, let's see if I can get. Uh, if I can annotate, annotate. There it is. Start annotating. No, I don't want this. Okay, by the Bashem of Moshe, you see the Psukim? Moshe Bimidbar Sinai Bashana Shainit Litzaitam the Eretz Mitzrayim, the second year of Yitziat Mitzrayim, when they left Mitzrayim, Machodesh Arishon Lemor. So there's an interesting side question which is connected to this Pasuk. And that side question is that after all, the the date that is presented to us, what are we talking about? Bachodesh Arishon and the Shanashli Shniyah. Chodesh Arishon is Nisan, right? The second year. This is the ninth chapter of the book of Bamidbar. And if you look at the first chapter, which is not on the sheet, but if you would look at that first chapter, you'd find that the first Pasuk says, Bechad Bechodesh Arishoni. It was the, the beginning of the book of Bamidbar took place in the Chodesh Hashemi and the continuation of the book of Bamidbar took place in the Chodesh HaRishon. And from this Chazal learn that ain't, there are cases of Ein Mukdam Torah, that sometimes the Torah does not stick to the chronologically factual way, but upsets the chronology, like in this case, the first Pasuk, the first Pasuk of Bamidbar, Bachodesh Hashini, the ninth chapter, Bachodesh HaRishon. If that, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if that has anything to do with our topic. So now, Pasuk Bet, Vayasu B'nei Yisrael et HaPesach B'moado. So B'nei Yisrael knew that there's a mitzvah of Pesach. And here the reference is primarily to the Korban Pesach. But Pesach b'mo'ado. What it is, uh, when it was appropriate. Barba asar yom b'chodesh hazeh b'in ha'arbayim. Tasu oto b'mo'ado. That on the 14th day of Nisan, that's when you do the Korban Pesach b'mo'ado. Do it in the way you were taught by Moshe Rabbeinu to do it. Right? And do all the things that are necessary 
when you give the Korban Pesach. And when is that? When are you going to do that? Now it's the month of Nisan, in the second year after Yitziat Mitzrayim, and the Korban Pesach is sacrificed the day before Pesach, which is Yudalit, the 14th day of of Nisan. So there's an extra, I'm, I'm encouraged. Do it as you should do it. Do it with all the details that I have taught you, Moshe Rabbeinu says, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu explained again to them what to do and how to do the Korban Pesach. They did it. The first month, the first month, which is Nisan, in accordance with all the details that Hashem explained to, to Moshe, this is like a, a moment of peace and tranquility. Kodesh Baruch Hu said, Pesach. The day Israel said, we want to do the Pesach. And Moshe Rabbeinu taught them how to do the Pesach, all the details that were necessary, right? And then and then everything was fine. Everything was fine. If you want to, can we look at the Rashi for a moment, Ezra? To thank Ezra for helping me out. The next page, here is Rashi. Rashi mentions this uh, deviation, B'chodesh shown. We're talking about the month of Nisan. Rashi says, Parasha Shebirosh as Sefer Lo Nemra Ad Iyar. The beginning of the book of Bamidbar is Chodesh Hashini, that's Iyar. Lamadeta Shein Seder Mukdam Umuchar Batorah. So from this you learn a general principle, Rashi says that chronology is not necessarily upheld. I mean, generally it is. Abraham comes before Yitzchak, and Yitzchak comes before Yaakov, but it's not necessarily the case. Not necessarily the case. Vilama lo patach bezo, Rashi asks. So, okay. Okay, well, I understand. But why does the Torah have to confuse us about it? Why did the book of Bamidbar start with chapter 9 and then do chapter 1? He says, Because this reminds us of something very negative about B'nai Israel. And what is that negative thing? That for 48 years, or 38 years, 38 years, the day Israel did not keep the Pesach. 
this was the only Pesach that they that they kept. That of course you could ask Rashi, well, how come? I mean, they seem to be very happy about giving the Pesach, doing the Pesach now. And the second year, why didn't they continue the third year and the fourth year? And you know that the, the Gemara says that uh, there was a problem with circumcision. They were not all circumcised. Or some were circumcised. I mean, I mean, I think that Hakadosh Baruch Hu could have solved that problem if there was an interest in heaven that they should have done the mitzvah on earth. So we sort of like left it open. We we'll leave it open. We'll leave the question open. Bimoado, Rashi says, you do it as as you should do it. Whatever it is that you should do, that's what you do, according to uh, by the way, um, by mistake, I clicked. Well, let me get this machine. Uh, I want more options. I want to. No. I can't get to the. Probably lost the document. I want to get back to where it was. I can't see the text now. Do you see the WebEx globe on the bottom of the circle? Yeah. Um, if you click on that, it should take you back to the WebEx. No. WebEx. Cool. I don't. Uh, I see it. I see a circle. Close participants, close participants. Okay, no, it doesn't do it. I see, I have to move the picture somehow. Okay, okay, fine. By the bear, mitzvot shebegufo set hamim zachar ben shurot. There are certain mitzvot. So the Torah went through the mitzvot, sort of by hinting at them of the of the carbon pesach. So we go back to the to the first uh, sheet, page one, Ezra. Okay, thank you. So here I am. Let's go. We're up to Pasuk Vav. You see Pasuk Vav? I mean, it doesn't, it, when I underline, it doesn't stay underlined. So I don't think it really matters. Vayan Hashim, 
so here's the here's the idea. I'm still not able to conquer the uh, the computer, but I'll keep at it. People were tmeim, and the Gemara says they were tmeim because they were doing a mitzvah. They were carrying the body of Yosef, and that made them tmeim. And they knew that lo pesach They knew that they could not bring the korban pesach on the fifteenth day of Nisan, because it would take another week for them to become tahor. They couldn't. They couldn't do it. They came to Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron today, Rashi says that they came to Moshe and Aaron, they were sitting together. Moshe and Aaron. Pasuk Zion. These people who came to Moshe and Aaron, they say, Adam. That's a problem. We are in a state of tumah, unclean, unable to do a mitzvah. Lama nigara. Why should we be excluded? We will not give the korban of Hakadosh Baruch Hu We can't give that korban. So we're excluded from doing that mitzvah. They they bring a they bring it as a complaint, whereas it's not clear to us what the complaint was. After all, they were doing a mitzvah; they were carrying the body of Yosef back to Eretz Canaan as they had promised. And because they carried the body of Yosef, they were tmeim. And because they were tmeim, they could not do the Korban Pesach. So without getting into the details, let's say that this is on the face of it, absolutely accurate. But who told them that they could have an argument, that they could say, no, we, we feel left out. What are they left out from? What are they left out from? Okay, they didn't do the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, but it's because they were keeping another mitzvah. They were doing something that they were supposed to do. And and so they come to Moshe Rabbeinu with a, with an argument that it's not clear what the what the source of that argument is, what it is that they are claiming, right? Pasuk Chet, Vayom Alehem Moshe Imdu Veshmea Imdu Veshmea is like an in a Beit Din, the Dayanim sit, and the plaintiffs stand. Imdu Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh, this is a serious matter, serious question, and I will go back to listen what God offers you, what God will tell you. And who spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, hearing the question, so he's going to answer it. So I want you to teach B'nai Yisrael and that, that the teaching is credited to these people who want very much to do the Korban Pesach. Any individual person, any individual. 
he's far away. In other words, they came and they asked Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "We are tmeim, we are unclean, uh, ritually unclean, and and we want to keep the carbon Pesach." Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in his response, added, or they're far away; they can't get to Yerushalayim. They can't do what they're supposed to do. Either you yourselves or all the succeeding generations who are going to keep the carbon Pesach. They will do the they will do the carbon Pesach. How are they going to do the carbon Pesach? On the second month, second month, Iyar, not Nisan, but Iyar, on the 14th day of Iyar, Bein Harabayim in the afternoon, Yasuoto, they should do the Korban Pesach, Al Matzot Umrorim Yochluhu, and just like Korban Pesach number one was eaten with Matzot and Murorim, Matzot and bitter herbs, right? Matzot Murorim. This korban, which is given on the fourteenth day of Iyar, a month after, a month after Pesach, Yochluhu, they will eat it with matzot umurorim. Pasuk yud bet, velo yashiru mimenu ad boker. Don't leave anything over. Eat it up at night. When you eat quickly, don't allow anything to be broken. Generally speaking, everything that you did on Pesach with the Korban Pesach, you'll do a month later in the with the uh, with the Korban Pesach. Let's yasu oto. And so you shouldn't use this option if you're Tahor. If you're Tahor, then you have to give the Korban Pesach on the month of Nisa, on the 14th day of Nisa. So Akash Bor says to Moshe Rabbeinu, something that Moshe Rabbeinu could never figure out on his own, apparently, that, that what you have to do is you, you, have, you have like, a, if you're Tomei, if you're Tomei and can't approach the notion of Korban because your Tum'ah prevents you from doing that kind of ritual act, then you have a makeup time. The makeup Korban Pesach is a month later. And you celebrate, I mean, that day, that's just one day. And you have to do with the Korban Pesach on the day, on that day, on the 14th of Iyar, the same that you did with the Korban Pesach on the 14th of, of Nisan. So these people who are Tmeim, the Nefesh Adam, these people who can't bring the Korban Pesach, but of course they celebrate the Pesach for seven days, the first Pesach. They just can't participate in the Korban Pesach. 
So for the Korban Pesach, we have a makeup time. They have a makeup time, and that makeup time is. Uh, so uh, we have like a, a problem, a general problem, and that is the people who were Tumayim, they must have had some inkling of the fact that they had a chance. Would they have brought their case to Moshe and Aaron if they didn't think they had a chance? Look, I don't know, but I think they must have uh, uh, had some inkling of the possibility that there was a possibility. But of course, they needed divine approval. And they received the divine approval through Moshe Rabbeinu. Through Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, what I'd like to do is read a section of the uh, Sefer Mitzvot. Let me just, let's turn the page, Ezra, to the last page, I think. Uh, Ezra? Once I'm trying to, it's not changing in one second. Okay, there we go. No, no, so I, the, the other two pages, I think. One second. One. Another. Uh, the last page. Before that, Nun Zion, right. So the Ramam wrote a book. Called, which he called uh, Sefer HaMitzvot, the, in which he listed all of the mitzvot in the Torah and explained a little bit about each mitzvah. You know, the Ramban, the Rambam, I'm sorry, the Rambam, Maimonides, he, he wanted to, he tried to figure out a way to encompass all the important things of the Torah in kind of one volume or limited amount of space. And so he he wrote a, a long commentary on the Mishnah, for example. But he realized that that didn't cover all the topics that he wanted to cover. So he wrote the Yad which is a halachic compendium that includes everything, every topic in halacha. And along the way, before he wrote the whatever, he wrote a Sefer HaMitzvot, which formed the basis to a certain extent of the Yad HaChazakah. Sefer HaMitzvot, the Book of Mitzvot, all the positive commandments, and then all of the negative commandments. And the positive commandments are numbered. So here, Sefer HaMitzvot, Rambam, uh, Nun Zayin. No, I want, I want Nun Vav. Can you go back a page, Ezra? This is four. I'm about to go to four. This is it, four? Yeah, thank you. A mitzvah hanal hu shetzivaru lechol keves ha-pesach lecha mishasar minisan v'tnaav aniskarim that we have to give the korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan. On the 14th day of Nisan. And then he goes through all of the mitzvot. Perhaps somebody will ask, Perhaps somebody will ask, 
So the Rambam explains that there, there is an issue with the Korban Pesach, and that issue is the matzah and the moror that you have to eat with the Korban Pesach. Would you call that one mitzvah, or would you call that uh, three, three mitzvot? So he explains why, in his opinion, it's, uh, it's, it's three mitzvot. It, I'm sorry, it's all one mitzvah. It all goes together as one, uh, one mitzvah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go back to go to the next page. I'm sorry for this confusion. Thank you. Here, <laughs> A different question that people ask about my my setup here, Vyomar Eli, Lama Zetimne Pesach Sheni. Why count Pesach Sheni as a mitzvah? Vizes Soter Mashek Damta Vishoresh Ashvi, Vishoreshim are like principles. How did the Ramam know what to include as a mitzvah? The Ramam agreed. That they're only taryag mitzvot, not only, but they're a taryag mitzvot, 613 mitzvot, and therefore that's a limit. He had to kind of fit everything into 613. Why count Pesach Sheni? Mitzvah b'dei atzma. In other words, when there's a when there's something that is connected to another mitzvah, in this case Pesach Sheni is tashlumim. It's the makeup. It's the makeup korban. So why would that be a separate mitzvah? If you didn't do it on the proper time, if you couldn't do it, you were prevented from doing it in the proper time. So you did it in the other time. You did it in the other time. That was uh, that's fine. So he says, "Mitzvah b'fnei atzma, yadam apshek kushia zot shachachamim kvar chalku b'pesach sheni im yedino kedin pesach rishon ohu tzivui nemar ba'atzmo." He says the chachamim have already discussed that amongst themselves. Is pesach sheni a subcategory of korban pesach, or is it? Or is it something if they are supposed to separate obligation? It doesn't include every person, but for the person who is who it relates to, the person who is Tamei, for example, it's a separate mitzvah. Instead of doing the Korban Pesach and Nisan, he does the Korban Pesach and Iyar. So he says, V'zesotem uh, I'm sorry. The halacha comes along and says that it's a tzivui animtza ba'anemar ba'atzmo. V'lachein ra'ui livnoto to b'fnei atzmo, the Rambam says. So the Rambam takes a stand. And he says that even though you could argue 
that Pesach Sheni is a subdivision of Pesach, of Korban Pesach. And if you don't do the Korban Pesach, then you do the Pesach Sheni Korban Pesach. Nevertheless, when it comes to counting the mitzvot, he thinks that Pesach Sheni, or one, one might think that Pesach Sheni is simply a subdivision of Korban Pesach. But he says, no, Chazal have already declared that Pesach Sheni is an independent mitzvah. And of course, of course, why is that? Why is it that Pesach Sheni is an independent mitzvah? So we say, why is Pesach Sheni an independent mitzvah? And why did the people want, the people who were Tmeim want so much to, to keep the Pesach? And why is it that, why is it that Mukdam and Mukhar exists and the topic of Mukdam Mukhar is Korban Pesach? All of these questions, all of these questions are to my mind legitimate questions, which I will try, I will try now to give an idea, offer a suggestion about what is what is actually what is actually happening. So let's say first the idea of I mean the we don't hear anything about Sipu We saw the Psukim, there are Psukim that say you have to instruct your children to tell the story. But here in Pesach Sheni, Pesach Sheni is about, is about Korban Pesach. And why is it that, I mean, after all, they could have the people who were Tomei, the people who were not able to bring the Korban Pesach were able to read the Agbada. They were able to tell the story. Or they weren't able to tell the story. I mean, I'm not sure. But it seems to me that in order for there to be a story, the Haggadah teaches us that you have to know where to start the story, right? Isn't that what the Haggadah teaches us? There's a machlokas. There are three different opinions or maybe more even in the in the Haggadah. One opinion is mitchila me avadim hayinu paro we were slaves in Egypt to paro. So that's one beginning. That's a beginning, right? Another beginning is Vithila Ovde Avodazara Hayu Avotenu. In the beginning of the beginning, our forefathers were Ovde Avodazara. Now, the only forefather that we have who was an Ovid Avodazara who, uh, who, who, who dealt with. Uh, who dealt with idolatry is Terach, the father of Abraham. And we like to we don't like to think of him as being one of our fathers, but if you look at it as we have over time, if you look at it carefully, you'll see that there's a lot of Abodazora around, a lot of idolatry, the wives, the children, other people, other relatives. And it was Avram Avinu was not able to convince the people that we know about to serve one God. They found that too difficult, too difficult an idea to absorb. It took hundreds, maybe thousands of years before that became 
the leading idea for the religious personalities. So the, the Haggadah tells us, the Haggadah tells us that the beginning is not clear. But we have to decide on a beginning to tell a story. Or we can decide that all the beginnings, as the Haggadah seems to say, all the beginnings are legitimate. They're not trying to deny each other, but they are legitimate ways to start the story. And those legitimate ways to start the story are things that we have to remember. But the question that you might now ask is, well, where, what is the end of the story? Not the end of the story of stories. We, 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 we could say there's an ongoing story of the Jewish people until today. I mean, when is the story of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim over? When is the story of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim over? So that question, has also got several answers. One is when they got to Eretz Kedan. I mean, that was what they were promised. Moshe Rabbeinu said, take out of Israel, we'll get the Torah, and then you go to Eretz Kedan. So when they got to Eretz Kedan, it's reasonable to say the story came to an end. So when you tell the story, when you tell the story, you could say, the end of the story is when they came to Eretz Kedah. Another possible end of the story is when the people said, Arami Ovedavi, they started talking about the Bikurim, the first fruits that are brought to the Beit HaVikdash. And in those fruits, we, as we say, we know we wouldn't be here today if not for Yitziat Mitzrayim if not for what God gave us, or God's intention, Yitziat Mitzrayim. So the end of the story that we tell on the night of Pesach is also unclear. The beginning is unclear, the end is unclear. But when it comes to the telling of the story, the lack of clarity is not really a problem. Okay, lack of clarity. You could tell one story, tell another story, could tell a third story. All these stories, all these stories are, are legitimate and can be repeated and they are meaningful. Similarly, we can we can similarly we can say similarly we could say that the story doesn't end until you get to Eretz Kedah. Maybe it doesn't end until you actually grow fruit that brings the Bikurim to the Beit HaMikdash. But one thing is sure. At this time that we're talking about the Pesach, giving the Korban Pesach, giving the Korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan of the first month, at that time the story had not yet been told. It hadn't happened yet. The story hadn't happened yet. And so it was inconceivable to imagine that B'nai Yisrael would tell the story on the night of Pesach because they were creating the story. By bringing the Korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan, on the 14th day of Nisan, they were creating the story. 
when people will tell the story, they're going to say that the Korban Pesach given in the desert is part of the story. It's part of the story that they were told. And even though there was a certain problem about saying, giving the Korban Pesach for everybody in the desert, as we say, nevertheless, nevertheless, the Korban Pesach of the 14th day of Nisan was part of the story that was being created. And yet, I mean, it was so important because the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, right? You remember that there is the Korban Pesach of Mitzrayim. It's called, we call it Pesach Mitzrayim, where the blood was spread on the mezuzot so that the Malach HaMovet will know that these are Jewish homes and those are the places that should be skipped. Well, we don't imitate that when we give the Korban Pesach. The mitzvah of Korban Pesach is an imitation of the Pesach that was done in the Midbar on the 14th day of Nisan. So the creation of the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim desperately needs the Korban Pesach of the 14th day of Nisan because that's part of the story. That's why we do what we do. That's why we act the way we act. And that's why Korban Pesach, the Korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan is so important. And so the people understood, the people who were Tameim with Evershadana only did mitzvot, who were Tameim because they did mitzvot. And they said, this, they saw, this is the creation of the story. We're creating the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim by giving the Korban Pesach. And that for the future generations, the Korban Pesach will be an invitation of the Pesach that was given on the second year of the Yitzhak Mitzrayim and not the Pesach that was given in Mitzrayim. You can check the details for that. And so they wanted to be part of that. They wanted to be part of that creation. They wanted to be included. And so they came to Moshe and Aaron and said, you can't leave us out. This is the creation of the story. This is the creation of the Korban Pesach part of the story, which will be kept for generations. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, okay, They'll do it on the 14th day of Eir. 14th day of Eir. So they'll be able to participate. They'll be part of it. They'll do, they'll do it with matzah and moror. And they'll be able to be included spiritually, if no other way, in this creation, in this creation of the Korban Pesach. And so why does this parasha teach us that there is no necessary chronology in the Torah. Well, because you might think that Yitzhak Mitzrayim has already taken place, but we know that it hasn't because we don't know 
understood what the end of the story is. And as I said before, I don't mean the end of the big story, of the story of the Jewish people, the history of the Jewish people, etc. But we don't know the end of the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. In order to fulfill the mitzvah of Sipo Yitziat Mitzrayim, we have to know where it starts. We have to know when it ends. And it's the carbon Pesach, Pesach Shady, that gives us an inkling into the fact that the story is not yet over. Not yet over. And probably will only end when the Jews enter the land of Canaan. And that's why Yoshua is mentioned in the Haggadah. In the Haggadah. Okay. Uh, all the best. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Be well.